Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. How are you guys doing? Welcome over here to the channel. If you guys are new, do yourself a favor and hit that subscribe button. I'm going to go ahead and try to slow down how fast I talk. I, I realize there's a lot of people that don't have English as their first language and they're trying to keep up with me who sounds like I'm an auctioneer at times. Sometimes I get a little overly excited. And I, I don't. I, I just start talking really quick. So my apologies to some of y'all out there. I do read the comments. If you guys are one of the members and one of the supporters of the channel, I want to say thank you so much for supporting this channel. If you guys would like to join, you can click right underneath the video. It says join. A lot of these videos we make are not monetized out the gate, so we don't really make any money making these videos. And I actually have some expenses like camera guys and editors and lighting, everything like that. So if you guys want to join, that would be fantastic and much appreciated. I made it as cheap as I possibly can. The lowest level YouTube will allow me to do it. So all you got to do is go to the main page of this channel click join you guys can do it there and or uh, just underneath the video it says join yeah pretty much you'll get videos early early access you guys i'll answer all the comments that come through you get a little icon next to your name it says you're a supporter so thank you so much to all of y'all and here we go there's a lot going on we're gonna be doing a lot of map stuff today all right so here is my map out the gate if you guys don't know red russia blue ukraine black lines are going to be your religious school routes there's a lot been going on inside of this entire north east region that they're fighting in but out the gate, Ukrainian military intelligence is now reporting that two more Russian generals have been killed. And one was wounded in a strike on a, a Russian command post near Kyrgyzstan. I don't know how truthful this is. This is coming, of course, from the Ukrainian intelligence. I'm not saying it's not truthful or they're lying, but it is coming from the opposing force. So we'll wait for it to be confirmed. But if it is confirmed, it would bring the death toll of Russian generals killed in Ukraine in the last two months to nine. That is Fairly high. That's really high. And uh, Russian state media is now accusing Poland of being involved in the creation of bioweapons inside of Ukraine. So this is pretty much just another, uh, they're just trying to, f to get another opportunity to actually blame Poland for something to give them cause to strike Poland if it ever were to happen. So that's just another thing to add to the list. I've also seen Russian sources getting super excited over capturing these American-made radio equipments. Literally, I'm just going to show you guys them on screen. So these images you're currently seeing are the ones I am talking about. And you would think that they're getting, they're getting so excited about these, you would think they had struck gold. I mean, these Russian sources clearly don't, they don't really understand what they're, they're looking at. Uh, the, the main problem is they're literally useless without a fill. And if he doesn't know what a fill is, it's literally an encryption that's put inside the radios for all those radios can talk under this one encryption code, okay? Um, but anyway, little do they know, the encryption within the radios can be changed within seconds across the entire country, and the radios are literally useless the, the ones that they have are useless. So now that Ukraine knows that they have some of these radios, all they're going to do is change the fill and all the radios across the, the nation, and now they can't be used. So all they have is really heavy paperweights. So that is actually going to be it when it comes to the news piece of this uh, segment, I guess you'd say. But the Russian military has actually been shelling the town of Udi. So we're going to go ahead and move a little bit north here because there's, there's an area that hasn't been really talked about very much. And here it is. So I, I did speak about this the other day that... The Russians were claiming that Ukrainians had actually made a, an assault near the border. Now, what we were talking about the other day was roughly about right here. Now, as you guys can tell, up here in the area of Udi, okay, now the Russian controlled area as of 24 hours ago was roughly somewhat like this, okay? 
So the Ukrainian forces have actually pushed back the Russians this much over the last 24 hours, literally. Not even kidding. Which is kind of a big deal uh, because if they're, if they're shelling the town of Udi, which is clear indication that it is now under Ukrainian control. Ukrainian troops are actually slowly moving along the Russian border and assaulting element is seizing more and more occupied ground. Like I said, this is the area that was controlled over the last 24 hours, has been taken back. So I know we talked about that element that had moved a little bit north. This could have been the element that they're talking about. Okay, so they literally are taking back ground, and it looks like they're pinching off the, these are the, the troops that are actually on this, this northwestern side of Kharkiv. Because if you just look a little bit south of that, they've actually, <laughs> this is kind of crazy, let me switch over to my other more detailed map. So if you look a little bit south, you guys can actually see that they have liberated three more towns out of Darachi. So they actually moved out of Darachi and moved north. That is the Ukrainian forces. So they're now sitting all the way up here in Prudyanka. So look, if you look... Look, look at it from a more uh, outer perspective, I guess, from this mapping. They actually look like they're pinching off this force right through here, which is a pretty big deal because then there's this main route that comes in right here. This is, a, this is, this is pretty big. Imagine if the, the Ukrainians are able to actually push back the Russian forces on this northern side of Kharkiv all the way back to the Russian border. So this is what they've held a Durachi for the last two weeks, and they've actually started moving an assaulting element out of here, which is, uh, I believe, to be a big deal. So since there hasn't been much movement by the Russians within this AO, if you guys don't know what that means, area of operations, uh, for those who don't know, I'm going to give you guys kind of a different idea and tell you what, what, what I believe is going to happen. For one, there's a lot of people that may not realize this, but it's fairly wet and fairly rainy for the past four days in the eastern side of Ukraine, which may hinder the Russians from actually doing their major offensive. Okay, So that is one thing to keep note of. This entire side of the country, it's been pretty wet and damp. This is their rainy season, so they can't move their heavy equipment along well, any, any other route that's not a hardball road, like a two-lane or a four-lane road or one-lane, you get what I'm saying? So they can't just go drive off in a farm field anywhere. They're just going to get stuck. All right? And another thing, they haven't made any offensive inside of Kharkiv in the last 72 hours. All they've done is shell the city in hopes to actually keep Ukrainian positions fixed, which we know has not panned out too well on the northern side. So they have actually been pushing out of Kharkiv. We know over the last week or so, two weeks or so, so I can draw this up real quick. So that was controlled by the Russians. This was also controlled by the Russians, and this whole area was controlled by the Russians. So in the last two weeks, Ukrainian forces have actually been on the offensive over here in Kharkiv because I, I believe a lot of their men, we, as we do know, has been pushed over there to the eastern side of the country. With that being said, Ukrainians will actually go on the offensive, I believe, inside this area to try and secure a couple more decisive areas with inside this AO. Now, these blue lines you are seeing are not stuff that they've done Yet, I've added these on here because I believe that's what they're going to do when they're trying to continue to push. We know that they're going up here. They're already pinching off up here. That is something that's very evident that's, gonna, that's happening right now. I believe this element that's over here inside of this area, by the way, uh, all, this, all this cleared out white space is not 100% controlled by Ukrainians. That is just an area that's kind of in between. There might be a, a forward element for Ukrainians here, and there might be a forward element for the Russians right here. I'm not exactly sure, so I'm not really going to give anybody the, kinda, the gain right there. But with that being said, I do believe that the Ukrainians are going to push up north right here, as I have indicated, and they're going to take the town of Vavchanks. Now, I'm not going to say they're going to take it, but that could be one of the goals. As you can tell, it's one of the main routes. Uh, well, it's got main routes coming in and out of it, which is pretty crucial. And then also Velki Burlak over here. So they do control the town of Peshniv. Now, I'm just saying that I believe that the Russians actually did a tactical exfil and pulled back across this bridge. 
So I do believe that's what happened. And then the other element is going to move more south southeasternly towards Kupiansk. And all I believe they're going to do is hit these logistical routes coming in and out of Kupiansk. That's, I think that's going to be their main goal. They do a phenomenal job, that is the Ukrainians, on, on ambushes. They've, they've done a phenomenal job setting up IEDs. Uh, well, if you guys don't know what that is, improvised ex- explosive devices. They use them against us, not them, but Afghanistan and Iraq it was used against us significantly. They're extremely effective. And I believe that is something they're going to utilize here on these main routes coming in and out of Kupiansk. But if you guys didn't know, the only reason why I'm saying this is because they've added three new brigades, I think roughly about three days ago, that came out of Sumy uh, into the Kharkiv area, and that's what's helping them being able to make these pushes. Now, my only concern would be for the Ukrainian forces. If you're on the Ukrainian forces side of things, I'm going to try to stay in the middle as much as I possibly can. So I don't really have a dog in the fight. But if I were to be honest with you, if you were on the Ukrainian side of things, your only main concern about this would be, uh, taking this approach that is is spreading themselves a little bit too thin, leaving Kharkiv vulnerable, which then could then they well then they can run all their operations out of these little small bases if they don't want to do that. So that's that's what I mean. If if they're running small operations instead of pushing their entire forces, they may have like a a forward operating base here and then another one down over here and then move out of there. You see what I mean? And run their operations out of those towns. That is something I could see uh, I could see also happening. So there's my two. Uh, thought process of what could be happening on the north side of Kharkiv over the next week or so now that they have those new BTGs coming in. So we're going to pan out just a tad bit. So there has been heavy fighting, heavy, heavy fighting down in Zarachny. So which, which is right here. I actually took off uh, this area from being controlled by the Russian forces because it's not. But I have annotated and added, as you could tell, the new area, which is right here. See this new area I've added? That new area is is now controlled by the Russian forces. And they are they are coming in pretty hot in Zarachny, and they have been hitting Lyman, as you guys see right here, with artillery strikes and missiles and such over the last 12 hours. Not even the last, it's not even the last 12 hours, last five hours. They've been, they've been hitting it pretty hard. So that just shows you that they're going to continue their advancements down south to Slovenask, and they're going to move these men through here. So that is something that is going on right now as I'm making this video. So there's an estimated 25 BTGs worth of men, by the way, operating between Izium and Pop. Ascent. Okay, we got this. I got Papazna. Papazna. I got it. I believe I got it there for you guys. It's not Pop Santa. Papazna. I think I got it. I feel good about that. I feel good about it. I think we, I think we, we think we, we think we, we think we got that word now. I don't know. Anyway, there's 25 BTGs worth of men between Izium. We're just gonna lightly circle it here and Pop Pop Papaz. Damn it. Papanza. Papanza. Why is this one so difficult for me? Anyway, about roughly right there. So you're looking about 25 BTGs worth of men. Now, I believe one major factor why we haven't seen truly is weather. Weather, weather, weather. Lots of rain. Russia's inability to move or the heavy equipment on these hardball roads is the reason why I don't, I don't think we've seen the real offensive be pushed through. So it has now been said that there's going to be 25 BTGs worth of men operating between Izium and Papazna. I literally wrote it out, by the way, so everybody knows. P-O-P dash Asna. So, I, I, so I'm trying to pronounce it correctly. Anyway, and I believe one of the major factors why we have not seen them push through any inside of this area do a big major push is due to weather. I'm telling you guys that right now. Whole honestly, I believe we have not seen the Russians push the way that they thought they were going to just because the inability to maneuver heavy equipment on these or off these hardball roads is not going to be, it's not going to be real. So there's 25 BTGs worth of men. Every single BTG is roughly about 700 to 1,000 men. It is believed that the Russians are amassing these men. And, well, and we know that there's, there's at least 15 to 20 uh, BTGs of men just literally right here. 
It is believed that 10 BTGs worth of men is going to push towards Slovinask and another 5 BTGs worth of men is going to push towards Lyman. Okay, I can see that being a thing. Now, I believe that the end goal is going to be them to cut off between uh, Slovinask and down to Papazna. Papazna. I got it. I think I got it. So I think that's what's going to happen. So we'll, we'll have to take note. And I think as it dries up and this rainy season starts to slow down, we're going to see that. I also believe that only the Ukrainian troops, which has been pushed north. Uh, you guys do recall this. I'm going to go ahead and clean this one up here for you guys. I had a, a group of Ukrainian forces that I thought had pushed forward and were kind of stuck in limbo up there. I believe they've actually pulled back. So this Ukrainian forces that was up there pulled back and has now started to set up positions inside of Lyman and actually start to, to fortify this area. So that is what's been going on. There is uh, down here in Rubazine, it's been back and forth, back and forth. Some people say now they control the north and the central portion, that is the Russians. So that would that's kind of a big deal. They are moving back. And I've also read a couple different reports that saying that the Ukrainians, uh, the Ukrainian generals inside this area are actually okay with with losing this area and actually pulling back their men and making a tactical withdrawal into Severe Nadesk. I don't know if that's going to be a thing. I'm just kind of laying it out for you guys. But we are going to move down to Mariupol. Go over my big map here. So if you guys are new, this is my bigger map as of right here. We're going to move a little bit south down to Mariupol, which is just this one little tiny area. I know it's a little blurry, so guess what? Did you all favor? We got the up close and personal. So this is the updated map of what's going down inside of Mariupol. Try to clean it up as much as I possibly could for you guys. And we all know the Russians have claimed that they have taken uh, control of Mariupol, but that's far from the actual case here. Um, I'll tell you guys right now, the indications are there's at least a minimum of 1,500 Ukrainian troops still defending the steel plant down here, and there's, there could be upwards of 5,000. This thing literally runs six stories deep and could withstand a nuclear attack. The Kremlin has actually, of course, come out and decided not to assault this area and is going to try to starve out the population and just drop heavy bombs on the area. And oddly enough, the bombing route that they've been doing has actually been coming in like this and then dropping them roughly right here and then exfiling like this. That's pretty much the route they've been running over the last two days. The outer, outer cordon, which we showed yesterday, is just basically filled with a bunch of men that don't know what they're doing. They have Mosin Nagants, and they're just sitting, just waiting. Anyway, but if these Ukrainians can actually hold out for a few more weeks, which would be absolutely insane if they could, they will actually mount up a significant amount of troops, or Russian troops, that is, uh, from being able to actually withdraw the city, and they're going to keep them in the city and slow down their offensive in other parts of the country, which to me, somewhat ironic because... I, I Putin Putin does not want to waste his men, which I don't I don't I don't blame him. I mean, I thought that's what they probably should do. If I was if I was on the Russian side of things, I would sit up an outer cordon and I would just completely shell it and shell it. I'm not going to try to enter a building that's six stories deep and just continue to lose a um, bunch of men. Anyway, we're going to bounce out of this close map and go back to the bigger one. I'm going to tell you guys right now. There's been a lot going on in this uh, northern southern line, I guess you would say. So down here was Mariupol. Now we're going to move a little bit north here. Time's been going. Russian forces have actually launched a series of assaults on multiple towns at once, which I believe they're just trying to find a weak point on the lines to, to, to then advance north. As you can see right here, I've actually annotated every single one. I look at this. This whole entire area has not really had any, I, other than like little, like little tiny ticks here and there, troops in combat, little tiny firefights. There hasn't been any major assault. But as of right now, look at all this. Every single one of these areas has been hit and has an actual advancement by the Russian forces being pushed on them right now. But down here in Tokmak, which is roughly, there's Tokmak right there. So there's Tokmak. So Tokmak, that's the area we're talking about. I'll go ahead and zoom out so you guys can see where that's at. There's actually a Ukrainian resistance that has claimed to have destroyed a Russian radar station inside of the town. We're going to slide over here to Mikolaev. So Russians have actually continued to shell Mikolaev 
overnight. And they've started to actually shell Odessa once again. I'm actually showing you. Here's the, the image of them. This came in just a few minutes ago, and it's actually coming of a Russian cruise missile that hit a residential area inside of Odessa. It's now been claimed to have killed three civilians and wounding just over 20. And I've also read reports that the combat effectiveness of the Russian troops inside of Kyrgyzstan is, is very limited. Uh, I, I know this sounds a little crazy, but it makes a little bit more sense as why we haven't seen them actually do a lot of advancements. And Ukrainian forces are actually gaining some ground in certain areas and pushing back into Kyrgyzstan. This is also the area where those, those, those two generals were, were claimed to have been KAA here earlier today. But anyway, I've read a few reports saying the combat effectiveness of the Russian troops inside of Kyrgyzstan is very, very, very limited. Uh, there's currently 8 to 10 BTGs worth of men north of the river. So you're looking at north of this river. So this entire area you're looking here. So here is the river. So all this area right here, there's about 8 to 10 BTGs worth of men, which only 4 BTGs apparently remain or operable to even conduct any sort of mission. So they are cut down significantly. That's why we're not seeing them push a lot of men forward. And this would be a major reason why. We haven't seen any new ground taken inside this area by the Russians. That's, that's my thought process. I think they're, they're so worried and so concerned about taking Mariupol and taking this eastern side of the country that they're kind of just holding their ground. And if they do somehow take this side of the country over here, they're just in, that's when they're going to push and be able to actually take this ground that they haven't. I don't think we're going to see a lot in Kyrgyzstan. I think we're going to see a lot of Ukrainian advancement if they actually start doing push pushing through. And a lot of this intel is actually coming from unconfirmed reports. It's going to be unconfirmed, by the way. But it's coming from intercepted phone calls of Russian soldiers in the area that are stating that some of the BTGs have actually suffered more than 70% of losses in men and equipment. That is this area that I'm talking about with the X's, and that's why we haven't seen them push through it forward a lot. But anyway, these photos I'm actually going to show you guys right now actually bring me back to like my days as a sniper. It's kind of cool. Uh, I, I love seeing this kind of stuff. It lets you see some different kind of hide sites are set up in, in, in different kind of positions. I mean, you're looking at one is actually set up in more of like, it looks like on top of a hilltop. I've done that a ton myself. And then a lot of the urban stuff, it's pretty crazy looking. So there's some of the urban and that guy out there in the middle of the field. But anyway, these are from the Ukrainian 28th Mechanized Brigade, which is on uh, the outskirts right now of Kyrgyzstan. So there's that. That's down inside this area. But anyway... Watch Odessa, watch Kirsten. I, I do know that they actually hit uh, just outside of Sumi once again, got hit with a couple uh, rockets for the first time in the last week. So there is that as well. But I hope you guys did enjoy this video over here. I, uh, I do love you guys. Thanks for the support again. I will catch you guys tomorrow on another episode on uh, Speak the Truth. I do love you guys. I'm out. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.